What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of The Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's a crazy day to be alive in this world with everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. I know a lot of people are probably going to be wondering if we're going to talk about that. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit because we do have a special guest on today's show. But it's it's something that we I wonder about all the time. What is the best thing to do in this situation where there's little kinetic effect we can have on the world's problems. We could talk about it, make everyone feel more stressed or worse, or we can have a positive conversation about techniques and ways to deal with stress and well-being. And I thought that maybe that's the path we should take. So today I have special guest, Rob Sweetman. Rob, how are you? Hey, doing great, man. It's great to finally be back on the show, right? Yeah, because I think the last time we had you on was in November. And so it's been a few months, so catch us up. I mean, I don't want to brush over the fact that a war is starting in, in Europe and people are dying, but you know, maybe we can talk about that a little bit with your background as a, as a Navy SEAL, but we've had this event scheduled for a long time, and I feel like if there's ever a time for military and veterans to work on stress techniques, now might be a good time. So catch us up a little bit on what's been going on with you. Yeah, well, life is good. Um, I'm getting in the best shape of my life recently. I've been really focusing on my nutrition and exercise. I'm back in the gym doing the uh, jujitsu thing, which, you know, it's been a while since I've done that. Um, but yeah, definitely the Ukraine piece. Um, it's an important topic. And so I don't want to sidetrack that with our conversation tonight. I saw some of the uh, comments in the chat, but it is important, but there's different phases of sort of the active duty military person. And you and I are out now. And so what happens during that transition? How do you live your life when you're no longer active? And uh, what about the stressors that keep you up at night? What about mental health? What about, you know, PTSD, TBI, all these things that we have to deal with? And so sort of my mission in, during this call is to try to talk about that stuff in a way that, you know, people can walk away with like, oh, okay, I can use that in my life and improve people's lives. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an incredibly difficult time to be a veteran. In in the last 12 months, we've got Af everything that happened in Afghanistan and a war beginning in Europe between Russia and Ukraine where, you know, they're launching cruise miss missiles and jet strikes and taking out airports and civilians have died already. And while, you know, you you get worked up, you get spun up and and it's quite upsetting to see, I've already checked. There's not a lot to now, not a lot of ways to get involved at this point for a veteran, especially if you're not on IRR or reserves. Um, you're pretty much stuck dealing with, you know, this is this the big is this the real big game? And are we uh, and are, are we, you know, re retired from it? You know, it's uh, people are probably wondering a lot of stuff like that right now. I've heard people talking about that. Um, but you have a, so you're a you're a prior Navy SEAL. What are your thoughts on, um, on, on what's going on out there in Europe as from a strategic perspective? You know, I, I hesitate to throw out too much uh, bad gouge. Like, what do I know? I'm too far out of the loop. Uh, but what I see, you know, on social media and in the news um, feels like sort of what we've been expecting, that something's been brewing for years and now. I think with the administration we have in office and Putin, I mean, I think he's pushing our buttons a little bit. I think that, uh, I mean, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but we've been hearing stuff about Ukraine for the last few years. And it's just now that it's like, okay, now maybe they're going to take military action and cross that border and maybe attack. But I, um, you know, when I left the military, I dealt with a lot of paranoia and stress about not being active and like what's going on in the world. And at some point in time, I just had to kind of turn some of that off and just focus on my family and focus on my own well-being. Uh, and so then when I start to go down this rabbit hole of, of what can I do, what can be done, I think at some level, we just have to trust uh, the folks that are still active and are still in those roles that they'll help out, they'll make the best decisions and, and do what they can in this situation. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. It's it. There's always this idea in the military, how will the military ever make it without me? You know, I think everyone kind of, you know, everyone, whatever their job is, whatever their, whatever work center they're in, they're sitting there going, um, man, it, I can't leave. If I leave, this place is going to fall apart. Um, but for a couple hundred years, the U S military has been surviving. If we made it through world war two, if we made it through world war one, um, I think we can make it through anything, Korea, Vietnam, there's, you know, there's people who are around for 40 years, 50 years in the military. They're active duty for a long time. They're a civilian for a long time after the fact. Uh, and then there's people that have come and gone and did their time and retired. Look at all the high profile military folks out there, authors, influencers, YouTubers, podcasters, all those people are not fighting right now. I'm sure everyone's probably dealing with something, but there are all like people just like that, who are going to be the next round of, you know, generals and influencers and business leaders and politicians, they're over there doing that right now. I just saw thousands more armored brigade soldiers just deployed to Europe uh, today. And so give them some benefit of the doubt, a chance to let them go do their job and succeed where need be. Let the government have a chance and carefully observe as things kind of play out over the next days and weeks. I mean, could you imagine what it would have been like to be a civilian in 1944, just, you know, going to work every day? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of unthinkable. Like, just ha imagine how everyone feels right now. Imagine it's it's 1944. The war in the Pacific is raging. People are dying every day. The fate of the world is hanging in the balance. It could go either way. And you're working at a diner. You know, could you imagine? All we can do is pray, man. Yeah. I, I will say that, you know, I still stay in touch with my buddies. And, uh, you know, all I can say is, is that they have a plan and they're covering down. They, they've been all over this for a while. So whatever they're doing, they're well aware of, of they know more than we do. And they're they're doing their best. So that's right. So I agree with you completely there too, that I trust that the people who are, regardless of what you think of the government, regardless of what you think about, you know, politicians, that the people on the ground are doing their best as they always are, uh, doing what's in the best interests of the American people and the people of affected regions. So we, we have to kind of trust in, in somebody else and let them, you know, carry the torch. So yeah, thanks for some input on that for people out there who are probably 
stressing, dealing with a lot of stress over this as, you know, helpless. I know that's the feeling. I don't want to describe anybody as helpless, but that's the feeling as a helpless observer. And part of what we're going to do today is learn some breathing exercises. And if if the people listening notice in the chat of this video, there's a poll that you can vote on. Uh, maybe hold your vote for now because we're going to describe what these four types of breathing exercises are. And we're going to go over and actually do them interactively uh, a little bit later on. But really quick, somebody in the chat uh, dropped a super chat with a question here. Hiram says, "Is do you agree that if you sleep, Rob, being we're going to talk about your you know knowledge of sleep and sleep coaching and everything. If you sleep in an uncomfortable position, you'll only wake up worse off. Is that true? Or what? And what are some proper ways to sleep? Well, so all right, there's a lot to that. Um, if you have pain when you go to sleep, that can keep you from sleeping effectively. It kind of sounds like." Um, Let's see, who is this? Uh, Hiram? It sounds like uh, you're referring to kind of sleeping in a less than desirable bed or some like on an airplane, somewhere terrible. So if you're in an uncomfortable position, yeah, you can totally get stiff. Um, the important thing is that, you know, you have that blood circulation, you have a good temperature regulation. Um, and one of the things that you can do, uh, no matter what situation uh, you're sleeping in, is to Make sure that your range of motion, your flexibility, you can practice things like yoga. Um, I, I still love, uh, you remember Joe Hip, Max? Yeah. From the, uh, from Trade Ed? Yeah. He, uh, he taught me a lot about stretching. And the biggest thing is that if you don't have a good range of motion, um, your body is prone to injury. And I noticed that uh, as I've increased my flexibility and worked on that a lot, I'm able to sleep in positions uh, with less effort. Uh, despite uh, whatever type of sleeping situation. Because if you think about it, like I have a two-year-old boy, he's about to turn three. I mean, he can sleep anywhere, right? Because he's totally flexible. He's just like Gumby. He can just fall asleep in his uh, in his chair, in his car seat. Um, so we want to be more like that. Flexible, good range of motion, good um, you know cardiovascular uh, fitness so that we have good blood flow through the body. Um, so I hope that answers the question here. Yeah. Uh- is there something that people out there could do as as far as getting the right pillow or the right bed or are those do those things are are those things real like is there a Tempur-Pedic purple like this you know if if the wine doesn't fall over when you jump on a bed is that good like what 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 are the uh, are is there anything someone totally, could go yeah. out there and get Well, you know, Max, it's shooter choice, right? So this is a preference thing. So if people want a hard bed or a soft bed or a memory foam bed. Um, it really is your preference. And like my brother, Donald, if he's on here, I'm not sure if I saw him on the chat. Uh, he prefers to spend a whole lot of money on his bed. That could be very important for him to get a good night of sleep. Definitely getting a good night of sleep is one of the most important things you could do for your day. It's like a third of our life and uh, we don't talk about it enough, but I do want to give a shout out to Terry Youngblood and Sleep Me. They do the uh, chili pad and the Uller and they have a uh, temperature regulation, especially like with the memory foam mattresses. And if you keep your thermostat at like 72 or whatever, you know, trying to save that energy um, throughout the day, if you have a consistent temperature, uh, well, your body doesn't have those triggers. To, to know there's a, a thin main membrane by the hypothalamus that senses temperature in your brain. It's like, okay, it's time to go to sleep because as, you know, for millions of years as, as human animals, we have uh, a diurnal change throughout the day, right? Like it's daytime, it's warm, it's nighttime, it's cold. And our body senses that. And so that's part of the mechanism. So if you're hot in bed, 
that's one thing. So um, another one, uh, deep sleepwear uh, is, you know, I'll give a shout out to them. They have some pretty cool sleepwear that you can put on and it really just uh, takes the heat off of you. So you can sleep cool at night because I'm a hot sleeper. So those things work for me. Um, so if you're hot in the bed, um, I think the memory foams tend to get a little hotter. You can kind of uh, compensate that with, you know, good sheets or some of the things I mentioned. Uh, but really, it's shooter choice, like whatever your preference is, hard, soft. I mean, we've all slept on the military cots. And, you know, if you're tired enough, you'll you'll fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had, a, you know, I had two cots in my Connex box in Afghanistan and I would kind of bridge over them with the metal bars in the middle and like roll my leg over the side of it. So I had a little bit of more width from the, just in that, you know, 18 inch wide cot. And then it was in the winter and the power would go out. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night, freezing cold. And I would have to go out, make the decision of getting out of my sleeping bag to go turn the breakers back on or just staying put and dealing with it in the morning. And that was a tough choice every night. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, if you can sleep there, you can sleep anywhere. When you were in Iraq, do you ever have to sleep in the uh, in an unair conditioned Iraq summer conditions? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that sucks. That sucks. I mean, our body wants to reach homeostasis, and I think you know we need to drop uh, one degree to fall asleep. We typically need at least two degrees throughout our sleep period, but a lot of times it's much less than that. But the point is there's a, a cold, you know, there's a cold period that we need during sleep and our body recovers and our, our lowest core body temperature is, is something like 2 a.m. in the morning. And that's like a marker in sleep science. You look at like, oh, what was this lowest core body temperature? Um, and so if you're not able to get cool throughout the night, uh, that definitely makes sleeping harder for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to, I just, as we're talking, I'm just thinking about something here and and in case people are joining us and, and they haven't really watched uh, you on the show before, Rob, you and I served in the Navy together. Um, I was an enabler. You were a SEAL. It's like a, a match made in heaven. And uh, and we ended up doing a deployment to Iraq together. We were in different locations, but we were on the same deployment cycle. And you're just one of the most innovative, intelligent guys I've ever met. And your whole mission here Aww. is born out Thanks. of... You, you absolutely deserve it, uh, is born out of helping veterans inspired by the loss of a teammate and friend. And as and I just want to address the people who are watching to know that this episode is not, and the reason why we have Rob on the show so much besides that he's a friend of mine and I, I want to see you succeed and I respect it and want to hear everything you have to say, is that if, if you're if you have experienced war and you've seen these horrible things or mil the military in general and some of the disruptions to your normal patterns and your psyche that you experience there, and then you make it home and you have to, if you did five years, 10 years, 15 years in the military, 20 years in the military, there are, I hope, dec and you survive all that, decades in front of you of life to live. And so if you come home from war and you've got 60 more years to live, but those years are full of mental health struggles, psychosis, uh, PTSD, night terrors, failure to sleep, failure to rest, then your quality of life for all that rest of the time that you're alive can be less than desirable, less than optimal. And 
I'm, I care about people's lives going forward after the military service because obviously a lot of these suicides and mental health crises are preceded by you know substance abuse and insomnia and uh, a lot of people are struggling with insomnia, days without sleep. Some people are hopped up on pills. Some of that, those pills are prescribed as medications. It's incredibly important that despite the world being as chaotic as it is on this day, that we don't just pretend like we can't help ourselves and shouldn't be worried about things like our mental health and stress levels and fatigue and, and all that stuff. Is that, is that true to say? 100%. Um, I, think it, I think I owe the uh, audience a quick explainer on why we're talking about all this stuff because sleep is kind of uh, it's a little bit boring at times to talk about. But you know, when I was in the teams, I experienced sleep deprivation. All of us did. And what I saw was uh, a lot of, you know, ambient use, a lot of when you don't have ambient, you use alcohol to go to sleep, you're always uh, amped up and you have this cortisol addiction, uh, you know, this adrenaline addiction. And when you don't get good sleep, which is going to be the case if you're using ambient or alcohol to fall asleep, uh, then you're not restored. You're not recovered. Okay, check. I can do that for one night. Uh, but then when you don't get recovery, you're using, you know, monsters, rippets, coffee, whatever to wake up and stay awake. Um, over time, you develop this habit. And we call that circadian scarring, right? And so you develop this habit of this jacked up circadian rhythm and you operate for years doing that. It's like, all right, check. And then after a while, you start to notice, man, I'm starting to have some significant health problems. And oh, by the way, mental health is tied into this. So I did have a friend that took his life. Um, he was struggling with the, that exact cycle that I was describing. Um, you know, he had some PTS, had some TBI, and it wasn't but just a few bad turns. And he was not in the mental state to handle what life was throwing at him. And he took his life, right? And so that kind of took me back. And I was honestly depressed for a while about that. So I looked deep inside myself and, and I thought, like, what can we do? What can I do to make a positive out of this? And so I did a bunch of research, like, how did he get to this point? Um, is sleep an issue? Because I had this hunch that sleep was an issue. And what I found talking to these, uh, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, neurologists, and doctors that work around sleep is that your sleep is directly related to your mental state. That means like emotional state. That means like your social state. That means even simple things like being able to read, um, you know, facial expressions and having, you know, that emotional intelligence, all of that stuff goes out the door when you're sleep deprived. And so what happens is, you know, like a third of the country is short sleeping right now, just talking about broad numbers. But when I did a survey, this is like four years ago, at team guys, uh, 98% of them had jacked up sleep. Right. And so if you look at the Rand report on sleep, um, they talk about how bad it is in the military and you look at suicides in the military. Right. And so, you know, going back to the 22nd, uh, of this month, just a couple of days ago, uh, John McCaskill inspired all of us to do, uh, 22 pushups on the hour, every hour, you know, it started at one in the morning and we did 22 pushups on the hour, every hour for 22 hours to raise awareness. Cause a lot of people don't know that 22 on average, 22 veterans every day are smoking themselves, right? One way or another, they're committing suicide every day. And so we build awareness about that. And the biggest thing that surprised me is like a lot of my civilian friends are like, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, guess what? Sleep has a lot to do with that. And so 
if you can get your sleep back on track, and I'm telling you now, because now I'm like full swing, I'm helping people actively. Now I'm doing direct sleep coaching. Um, when you are able to get somebody's sleep back on point, everything changes. I mean, I'm talking about testosterone, HGH, and it's a fact testicular size is directly correlated to the amount of sleep that you get. Um, I'm talking about all of your hormones. I'm talking about leptin and ghrelin or your uh, hunger. Like, you know, in studies, they've done studies with people who um, are sleep deprived and they tend to eat the fattier and sugar, uh, more sugary foods. You need it for muscle recovery. You need it for memory formation. You need it for all this stuff. But without sleep, your emotional stability is out the door and you can fake it for a while. But, you know, I just talked to another guy last night that's like, man, I have not been able to sleep more than four hours since Bud's. And now I think he's probably 45, 50. Now he's feeling the effects. It's like you can you can kind of fake it for a little while. So the point is, I want everybody in the audience to get good sleep. Right. And I know that there's no such thing as perfect sleep and everybody has their own sleep challenges. But I want to share with you some things that you can do at home for free, uh, you know, doesn't cost anything that can help start to get your sleep back on point, And then you'll see the results. And then you'll see the improvements in your relationships at home uh, with your wife and your kids. Then you'll see better gains in the gym, all of that stuff. Yeah, I love that. And so really quick, Rob, just so you know, what I'm going to show people on the screen now is your website for Rob Sweep and Sleep, if that's okay with you. So yeah, sure. you have a, uh, you have a, rep, a website, robsweepandsleep.com. You're doing sleep coaching now, uh, in addition to your company, Exist Tribe. You, if, if, is this a good place for people to find you at? Yeah, so it, Rob Sweetman Sleep is a page that I started because I kept getting requests for people to work with them one-on-one. Now, if we take a step back, my shirt, 62 Romeo, we did a study last year with a bunch of team guys and veterans, and we put them through this six-week program that we've been working on for like a year. And we wanted to see if we could, you know, we did use the rest node, which is like a light and sound machine for your room. Uh, and then we did, we, we tied in a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. Uh, we put together this program, and from start to finish, we took people who were not in the best of sleep, right? And we brought them all the way up into normal ranges. And for some of them, some of them, it was like, eh, not, not as much. They didn't really need as much of a help. They didn't get as much. But some of them, it's almost life-changing, right? I mean, like night and day. And when you look at the data, because we measured objective sleep data, and then we also took sleep diaries, the, the results speak for themselves. I mean, this is groundbreaking. So what we did was was really, and we had it on a virtual uh, classroom setting. So that means we can do this anywhere. You know, it's COVID friendly. We can do it once a week, one hour a week we meet. And then each night you spend about five minutes, like prep your, you know, prep your battle space for bed, right? Uh, you do the things that we sort of tell you to do. And then by the time you're done, you've established these habits that hopefully have rewritten, you know, your physiology and you're going to be able to get good sleep all the, you know, leading into the future, as long as you continue these practices. Um, that's very different than what the VA is going to prescribe, right? What are they going to give you? Ambient, they're going to give you some type of, uh, you know, maybe some type of uh, blood pressure medicine or, you know, anti-anxiety medicine, stuff like that. We see a lot that that is not the solution. That's a short-term solution and get with your doctor to find out if that's what you need. But the long-term solution is to heal yourself from within, to do a little bit of education and change some of the behaviors. And, you know, by the way, set up your room for success. So that's what this website is all about, Rob Sweetman Sleep. 
I actually am doing one-on-one coaching with people uh, if they're interested in that. And we are going to kick off a, another group, uh, 62 Romeo. Uh, I believe we're going to do it on March 21st. Uh, and then we'll do it, you know, once a week, every week for six weeks. So I'm kind of flexible on the time, but uh, we have 10 slots and we're going to fill up those slots pretty quick. So if you guys are interested, if your sleep is jacked up right now and you want help, you can go to robsweetmansleep.com and you can just throw in your information and I'll hit you up and we'll see if it's a good fit. Awesome. Everyone now listening has that information. Uh, they've seen the website. They can find you there. So Exist Tribe, 62 Romeo, we watched your documentary film about the results of that sleep study. One of the, maybe the last, might've been the last time that you were on the show. And, you know, people now know about you, even if this is their first time listening can we talk about these breathing exercises that we have uh, that we're going to talk that we're going to do today? Yeah, totally. So, why are we doing breathing exercises on YouTube? Um, for some people who've never heard of mindfulness, meditation, breathing, all this type of woo-woo stuff, right? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, who, I breathe every day. Who cares about breathing, right? But actually, it's kind of a big deal. And if you, for those of you who've heard of Wim Hof and you follow Wim Hof, he does breathing exercises. Um, I have a bunch of friends uh, like John McCaskill does some breathing exercises and a bunch of other people uh, that I talk to about this stuff on LinkedIn. Um, but if you're able to control your breathing, right, you're able to do a couple of things. But primarily, uh, if you're in a high anxiety state, which we can get super activated throughout the day, it's very easy. Uh, like if I get an email that's really bad, sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel flooded, right? So a lot of times, especially for military folks, especially with PTS, combat stress, anxiety, or just anxiety from COVID, or people are still, you know, politics, like things, or, you know, Ukraine or Afghanistan, people are stressed out, right? So all of that goes into this bag that we call the sympathetic nervous system response, right? So what is the autonomic nervous system? Well, basically think of it like your central nervous system is like on a fight or flight, like you're stressed out and everything is just going to be tense. And if you stay like that for a long time, it's going to be the end of you. I mean, you're going to, it's going to cause health problems, more stress, more anxiety. You're going to snap at people. That's when you see that, you know, the dude that's on the road with the road rage, like screaming out the window. Yeah. He's in a high anxiety state, right? So what we want to do with breathing exercises is take control of that and change our state from a sympathetic nervous system state to a parasympathetic nervous system state, right? So we call that uh, fight or flight into rest and digest or rest and relax, right? And so I'm not kidding you guys. You can just like a, a monk, you can use these breathing exercises and calm your entire body down. And before you know it, you're completely relaxed. And if you don't get it the first time, that's okay. You keep trying it. I promise you, you will get this change of state. You'll get this response. And how that ties into sleep is, you know, I, I joke around and say sleep stage zero and all of my sleep scientists, friends roll their eyes. They're like, there's no such thing as sleep stage zero. But I want to talk about the, the hardest, the biggest problem I think we have, you know, there's three different types of insomnia, but, you know, getting to sleep. You're in bed, you got emails, you got the stress from the day, you're thinking about, oh, my list, what do I have to do tomorrow? And you just can't turn it off, right? So I'm going to teach you how to turn it off, right? Because once you can turn it off, well, then 
Um, now you can get into this sleep stage zero, right? Which is, is, is what I'm describing as this transition to the hypnagogic state. Now, I know that's a bunch of big words, right? But this hypnagogic state is kind of like a quasi dream state where you're slipping between, okay, I'm awake. I know what's going on into sleep and potentially, you know, a little bit of the dream world. And, you know, Max, you and I have talked about lucid dreaming a little bit, but that, that weird place, like a lot of times, uh, the first stage of sleep, when somebody falls asleep and, you, you know, you wake them up and we, we all know those people that have been caught on watch sleeping, right? You nudge them, they wake up, like, no, I wasn't asleep. And they really <laughs> don't believe they're asleep. They don't. They were just simply slipping into a hypnagogic state. So with some of the more advanced uh, breathing techniques, we, you know, Janelle, who's going to, um, we have a recording from her. She's our uh, yoga IRS instructor. You get into eye rest or yoga nidra, that kind of stuff, 20, 30 minute exercises. I'm telling you, you're going to slip in and out of this hypnagogic state and you are just going to be floating on clouds. You're just going to be falling asleep, waking up, and then boom, you're out. Now, doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound better than tossing and turning and just being all stressed out before bed? Absolutely. I, I, I am that tosser and turner. Um, I'll... Uh, once I get to sleep, I sleep pretty well, and I, I can I have very few complaints about my sleep. But sometimes my biggest problem is the electronic devices. So I'll be I'm the person who loves to scroll TikTok before I go to bed, loves to you know check you know views or whatever before I go to bed. So I do that, and then I've got that light in my face, and then when I do finally turn it off, I'm like. Oh, I'm up again, like I'm awake again, you know, so now I'm now I'm screwed. I'm going to lose an hour like that. So, yes, I need this uh, because I create my worst. I, I am the creator of my worst complaints about sleep. Well, I'm, I'm guilty of all that same stuff, but it's kind of like this. Once you're exposed to these studies and this knowledge that I've, I've picked up over the last four years on this journey, it's kind of like, you know, Max, are you going to, after one of your workouts, are you going to cruise over to McDonald's or whatever you have over there in Japan and grab a Big Mac? You, you might, but probably you're going to maybe look for better food choices that support your, new, your good nutrition and your exercise goals, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going for a Big Mac. That's uh, Not going for a Big Mac. Yeah. It's a no-no. Just like Scrolling TikTok right before bed is a no-no. Now, are you going to live through a Big Mac? Yeah, sure. Are you going to live through putting blue light in your face and keeping your, you know, your your mind racing right before bed? Sure. But we want to try to establish good behaviors, good practices. So, first of all, we got to figure out like, what are those good practices? What are those good behaviors? How can I get my sleep on point now? So, ten years from now, I'm still in just as good a health as I am today. So. I love that. So we've got four breathing techniques in the chat here, in the poll. Box breathing, Ferris wheel, alternate nose breathing, breath with sound. What are we, what are we talking about there? So these are four breathing exercises that we teach in uh, 62 Romeo. So in 62 Romeo, we have... Uh, you know, of course, it's the six-week program. We start out talking about light, sound, and temperature. Then we get into um, the uh, sunlight exercise and nutrition, which is more about behavior. 
then we talk about caffeine, alcohol, and pills, you know, like Ambien. Uh, then we talk about how those habits affect you, circadian rhythms and hormones. And then in the final week, we go over all the different types of sleep devices, uh, what the what a hypnogram is, what sleep measurements are. So that's the whole 62 Romeo. And I'm working on a book right now that hopefully I can publish it. I'm just trying to get this information out to everybody uh, that needs it. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that we do on all of those, uh, on each of those weeks is we try to give people a relaxation technique. It's a tool for the tool bag, right? And each week they pra- we teach them one and they practice it each night throughout the week. And then if they don't like it, fine they try something different. And then the next week we teach them another one. Something's going to stick. Something is going to work for somebody. And uh, they prefer that more over another. So these four uh, breathing techniques are just four that we pulled from the program. There's tons more. I'm in a meditation course right now where we're doing um, the belly breath superset and all this, this uh, advanced stuff. And it's super cool. Right. But we'll keep it very, very basic. Right. So these four, uh, and I think you have them listed out on a on the uh, chat here. Yeah, it looks like it disappeared. They're in a poll in the chat. So if you guys can find that poll, it should be in there somewhere. Uh, and you can vote on which one of these you want to do. Do you, the 62 Romeo sounds like an epic action military SEALs movie. That's right, Iron Lotus. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't see the, uh, it, it disappeared after I, I tapped on it. Do you mm-hmm. see uh, what people are voting for right now? Well, right now, box breathing is leading with 62%, but I'm not sure people even know what it, that is or like how to pick. Yeah, I guess that's tough to pick, right? If you don't know what it is. Um, so breath with sound um, is basically um, giving your, your on the ex, export or the, uh, when you breathe out to, make a little bit of a sound. That's a specific technique. I think that one's Tibetan. Uh, box breathing is definitely one that we've probably heard more of uh, in the military. You know, you have a specific amount of time that you're breathing. Uh, a box has four corners. That's what I was drawing. Um, and so for me, I like to go a full 10 seconds on each side of the box. Um, but that's a little bit extreme and it, that can be challenging for everybody. I think Janelle, uh, Janelle has all of these pre-recorded for us. So whichever one we pick, uh, you can play max, um, alternate nose breathing. Uh, I've definitely done some of that in transcendental meditation that is alternating which nose, uh, you're actually breathing through and supposedly, you know, that activates, uh, one or the other hemisphere of the brain and it balances those hemispheres. That's kind of cool. And then Ferris wheel breathing, um, starts to touch on a little bit of a body scan, which is like, um, being, uh, more aware of your body while you're breathing. And all, all of these are very basic and they're kind of like a build up to more advanced stuff. Um, but I thought this would be a good way to, you know, if everybody wants to pick one, go ahead and choose one, then that one that gets the most votes, uh, towards the end of the, the episode here, I'm actually going to sit down in my position. I'll show you guys how I do it. And I will demonstrate, um, that breathing exercise with you. And I encourage everyone, and I, and I can walk through this, but I encourage everyone to literally try this with me live. And then if, if you guys want to uh, get more information on it afterwards, we can definitely provide that. Cool. So we'll, we'll give this, uh, so everyone go vote, please uh, give it a vote and we'll wait a few more minutes, maybe five more minutes and then we'll do it. Rob, here's a random question um, 
from your from SEAL training. If do you mind do you mind answering a, a SEAL training question? Nope. Send it. There's so everyone knows Hell Week is like the um, the crucible for Navy SEAL training, right at the beginning of training to separate those who really want to be there and have the drive to continue on from those who maybe don't want it as bad. They say that on a on the on Thursday of Hell Week, you get like an hour of sleep or something like that. Do you remember what that was like? Yep. Yep. Totally. It's actually two hours of sleep on Wednesday and two hours of sleep on Thursday. And so you start on Sunday night. I think it's midnight is breakout. And then you go all the way till Friday uh, and get secured. We got secured a little bit late. Uh, I think it was Ash Carter uh, that came and secured us. So his helicopter was running behind, whatever. But so you're awake for that entire period of time. And what doctors have found out is that your risk of dying is greatly increased if you don't have some type of a hard reset. It's like, okay, we all want to be SEALs. Let's just run ourselves into the ground. But, oh, yeah, you actually should, you know, let the the eyes close and the brain reset instantly um, on Wednesday and Thursday, or there will be dire consequences. So I assure you that after that brief rest, um, there is no recovery. You don't feel any better. And it's actually pretty torturous because what happens is they bring you right back to the military cots in the Alaska shelter. And there is your little cot. You lay down and literally a blink of an eye, you're back up because two hours after you've been awake for whatever, three or four days, it's like nothing, right? So you fall asleep instantly. And then after two hours, remember, you're still tired. You've been awake for all this time, days, and you have to wake up. So imagine... The, sh- the worst day in the entire world. You don't want to wait. Like maybe you have a hangover or whatever. You do not want to wake up for work. Oh no, you're going to get up. Right. And what's more is your body's cooled off a little bit. You're a little chilly and you know where you're going. You're going into the surf zone and it's terrible. It's terrible. You, I, I would prefer not to have slept because it's just so miserable waking up and then diving right back into the ocean. It's terrible. It's oh, terrible. Man. So, yeah, I have a, I have plenty of days where I'm like, oh, I don't want five more minutes. I couldn't imagine if <laughs> you know going from that and knowing what you're going into. What about after you were secured? How did you sleep on like Friday night, or what, did you did you go right pass out right away? Yeah, after uh, buds, I remember looking. I think that was Building Nine Hundred One. Um, all of that's gone now. I think they might have even torn it down already. But I know that they don't have any of that over there in the same spot in Coronado anymore. But I think it was building 901, if I recall. And we're in the uh, barracks, you know, shower. And I'm looking in the mirror. And, you know, no disrespect, but I, I looked like a freaking Auschwitz. Um, you know, like I, you know, I, I was so skinny and so, you know, dark eyes around my circle. I was like, man, like precious, right? Um, it was scary. It was scary. And they put you on a 48-hour suicide watch because you are mentally gone. You are completely gone. Um, the first thing I did, though, is uh, I called my mom. I was sitting in the uh, – there's like a little lounge area up there. And I remember calling my mom on whatever cell phone we had back in 2010. And uh, the next thing I remember is I woke up and the phone was in my lap. And so it's <laughs> like, you know, we, we know that after 20 hours, 22 hours in that range, you're going to start having micro sleeps. Well – 
after hell week, you definitely have micro sleeps and it, there's no telling what can happen. You're out of your mind, you're in and out of sleep, you're all over the place. And so for the days uh, following that, uh, because you're on suicide watch and you're in recovery, the first thing they do is they give you a, a liter of Gatorade and a pizza and you just go back to your, your rack and you engorge yourself because uh, you've had no food like that. You've only had semi-healthy food, no sugar, stuff like that. So you engorge yourself and then you pass out. And I remember helping out uh, with Hell Week after I went through and seeing all of the faces and everybody. It's they look rough. I mean, they're completely catatonic. I mean, you would think that everyone is in a coma, right? Um, but I, I did uh, one one little secret that I, I'm sure it's fine to say now is I, I totally snuck out on the the next day and went over to uh, what's that burger joint in Coronado? Uh, yeah, I totally had a beer and a burger. Um, the day after <laughs> and then I snuck back in so probably not the best choice but um, I guess I was a hard charger <laughs> so that's crazy man I couldn't imagine I, I think the in my in the time in, I spent in the Navy probably the most sleep deprived that I ever was was seer school uh, which is like you know it's the same schedule you go like Monday through Friday out in the Warner Springs or whatever and you really don't sleep because you're up pretty late and then uh, they, they leave you alone at night for from like, you know, midnight till 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or something like that. But you're just laying on the on the ground. It's freezing cold. There's no blankets like you just lay there pretty much and shiver. And then you do that for a couple of days. Then you do the, um, you know, resistance phase and they don't give you a lot of opportunities to sleep there. You're doing interrogations at random hours and they have this like middle of the night events and stuff. And, and I just remember like severely hallucinating at one point, like really going nuts. And yeah. I thought it was so interesting. Like in that environment, I thought looking back, it was the coolest part was seeing things that weren't there, hearing things that weren't there, complete loss of sense of time and space. Like there was like, I don't know. I, I remember at one point in my cell or whatever, yelling up at the corner like uh because i had peed and i was like ha i was like yelling like i peed and it was just like i had totally lost my mind i don't even know why that was a big thing to me it was just like such a victorious moment and so i mean i peed all throughout training but like i peed and it was like a big deal to me i don't know what had come yeah. over me and so i'm just hearing things that were not happening seeing things that weren't there and it was yeah, it was just for as an example of what sleep deprivation can do to your mind, that was the most wild it ever got for me. Yeah. So, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah Sears gnarly, huh? Sears, Sears weird, definitely. Um, somebody in the chat asked, have you ever been underwater and, and gotten like a vertigo, not known which way is up and down? Yeah. I mean, I can tell a sea story if you want. Sure. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, after that, we'll do the breathing. Awesome. Um, yeah, so this was in, uh, I'd already made it to the SEAL team, and we were diving, and we're doing our, our bay dives, which is uh, San Diego Bay. You'll never see us, because we wear a Draeger, and we're totally murdered out. We just slip under the water, and we just, you never see us, right? There's no bubbles, right? So I, uh, you know, you, you plan your dive, and you dive your plan. So, you know, you're on a chart, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go here. And how do I know that I'm here? Well, I'm going to, you know, run into something or I'm going to come up and do a little peek or something like that. Um, 
So the first checkpoint that I was supposed to pop my head out, and this is training, so you have to pop your head out and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, whatever, SO2 sweetening. Um, and the instructor's like, you know, trade us, like, check. Um, so we're on our first leg, and whenever I get nervous, I start kicking out, and, you know, my swim buddy gets pissed off. You always have to have a swim buddy, and you have a six-foot six lanyard. You're literally attached to each other. And so, you know, the, the driver is sitting here with his tack board, just, you know, taking off or whatever. And the guy behind him is like, Hey, you know, whatever. And I'm trying not to give away any tactics or anything, but like I'm swimming and I am supposed to make it out towards Coronado bridge. And I know I'm kicking hard, but I think like I'm doing my pace count and I'm, I'm looking at my time and I'm like, okay, I think I should be getting close. It's like, all right, I'll give it like another 30 seconds. And I'm going to pop up. So I'm kicking out and my buddy is not slowing me down. Um, normally they'll pull on you like, Hey, slow down, buddy. Um, but I'm just cooking and underwater, um, you know, at nighttime, it's dark. Uh, you can't see anything. We use these tiny little, you know, glow sticks sometimes, but like we are cooking and next thing you know, I slam into a cement wall and I'm, I'm underwater. Right. So easy solution right you just surface and figure out where you're at and recalibrate so you know you do this so you know hit something on the way up so i'm diving up and i'm you know i'm kicking up and boom i hit another cement surface i'm like oh my god so then i turn around and i'm like swimming down to go out to the side and i hit another wall so i'm freaking out i don't know if i'm up or i'm down i'm completely disoriented it's completely black i'm underwater I'm going to die. Everybody's going to die. You know, you start to panic. Not really, but, um, some, little, I couldn't figure probably. it out a little. Right. So eventually we figured it out. And what had happened was we swam under one of the stanchions, um, and the, of the Coronado bridge. So apparently those are hollow stanchions oh, uh, under whoa. the pillars of each of the, yeah. So I kind of was trapped a little bit, but we got out. Um, so yeah, absolutely. The question, can you get disoriented underwater? Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's an awesome story. Wow! Thank you for sharing. That is that gave hey, me welcome. the chills a little bit when you said you hit like a third wall. It's like, oh man, because yes, pitch black underwater <laughs> at night. If you've ever yeah. been diving, um, were you carrying flashlights or at the time did you have no. not no. even carrying? No, you don't. No, you don't do flashlights. It's supposed to be like stealth mission stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Whoa, that is crazy. Oh man, I. Yeah. Gives me chills just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I and I also you had to think like I'm, I'm now wondering like the entrance to that thing was it a pretty small hole that you ended up going through in the first place like a just like a Star Wars know. style shot like a one in a million shot. Uh, I'm guessing that like one side was completely open or something like that. I never went back to check it um, because I mean it's like. What's the point? I mean, it's like sure, we've been sure. in so many gnarly situations, like, you know, tied stuck under a boat or stuck here, or stuck there, you know, or the tide, you, know, you get towards the mouth of the bay and it starts ripping three or four knots. And you're like, ah, I can only swim two or three knots. You're like, this, this is a losing battle. Um, yeah. So a lot of stuff happens. Um, so it'd be interesting. I'd love to see an engineering diagram of the uh, bridge and see how it's designed and how it's made and see like how much of my memory, um, you know, fits with the actual, the reality of how it was built. Sure. That is, that is always interesting too. When you experience something like a new 
structure or city and then you are totally lost in it, which is like everywhere when you go for the first time, it feels huge and confusing. And then you go look at it and you're like, huh, that doesn't really make any sense compared to what I experienced. So, yeah. All right. So box breathing with 55% is in the lead here. Every type got a vote, at least one vote, but with 55% box breathing is the one. So should I, um, open the link for the box breathing, uh, video? So if you want to prep it, you can, but as soon as you hit play, uh, it's a, it's a black screen, by the way, Janelle is going to start with the exercise. So before we start with the exercise, I just want to communicate with the audience um, how you do this stuff at home, right? So uh, a lot of us have kids at home. A lot of us have uh, busy lives. So a couple of a couple of points, right? Like we need to turn off the TV. We need to put up the email. And by the way, this is a big thing that we teach. It's like sort of that hour wind down before bed. And you're putting up all those things that excite you, the blue light, the uh, all the different things. Uh, and hopefully your kids are in bed before you. Um, but once you're in a place where you don't have any distractions, like uh, my golden retriever, Gus Gus, he's outside because every time I meditate or do breathing, he loves, and I'm closing my eyes, he loves to run up and lick me in the face or just slam into me. And it's not productive. It's like, Gus Gus, you know? So, um, yeah, so he's, gonna, he's taking a little break outside. But um, you want to, so you're setting your battle space, right? So like everything is chill and I have the lights on just so you can see me, but normally I'll have the lights off or I'll have a rest node with the amber light. Uh, sometimes I burn some Palo Santo wood. Oh, I love it. Um, you know, or sage, like whatever is your thing, right? You get into the mood. Sometimes people like to listen to some calming music. Um, you know, you can find guided meditation stuff on YouTube all the time. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and get in my position, yeah. right? So here is, I just staged this, right? And this this is very similar to what I do every day anyways. But so I have a little yoga mat on the floor. You don't have to, you know, sit on the floor. You can sit in a chair. You can sit on your couch, wherever you feel comfortable. And for some of the more advanced techniques, which we're not going to do right now, it's a good idea to lay down. But for this, we're just going to sit comfortably and we're going to try out this breathing exercise. That's it. So I'll... uh Go ahead and I think that's probably a good angle. And everyone listening, so, go ahead and take this time to, to make yourselves comfortable to follow along. Exactly. Yeah. So find yourself a seated position or you can sit um, cross-legged style like me. If this is painful, then you want to kind of avoid that. Do whatever is the most comfortable for you right now because we want to focus on the breath. We want to do the breath, the breathing, exactly like Janelle is going to instruct us. It, it, I think this one's only like three minutes long. So we'll do exactly as she says. I'll demonstrate it. And then you can continue to practice this tomorrow night, the next night, and it, it will get easier. So and the, I'm ready uh, when you are, Max. All right, cool. And the link to this is in the description. And you guys can uh, subscribe on Exist Tribe YouTube to follow along with this in the future. Rob, you should be able to hear this on your end. I'm going to lower myself and lower uh, the other audio sources so people can focus on this. And let's, let's uh, go through this together. I'm going to start it right now. Go ahead and find yourself in a nice, easy, comfortable seated position. Making sure shoulders are aligned over your hips. Crown of the head nice and tall. Feel the spine long. Let the shoulders relax and release down and back. 
maybe releasing the jaw and any muscles that you find that are gripping here. Just allow that to soften a little bit more with each exhale. You can have eyes opened or closed. This exercise is called the box breath. It's simply using a four count on your inhale, holding for two and exhaling for four count and holding at the bottom for two. So when you're ready, begin to take a nice big deep inhale, belly soft, filling the lungs completely full, bottom to top, front to back, side to side for a count of four and then hold full for a count of two. Exhale for a count of four. Gently draw belly towards spine. Get all the staler out of the lower lobes. And hold empty for two. And begin again. Inhaling for four. Hold at the top for two. Exhale for four. Hold at the bottom for two and do it again. So each of us have a different lung capacity. We might all be at a different count. So just use the count in your mind. Finding that four count all the way to the top. Holding full for two. And riding that breath all the way down to the bottom for count of four. And holding empty for two and begin again. It's suggested to do this at least five or 10 times. And then you can allow that breath count to fall away and remain with those nice deep inhales and exhales until you feel done. There's no right or wrong way here. And then just notice how this feels in the body and the mind. All right. So did you guys all follow along with that? Let me know in the chat. How was that, Rob, for you? Man, instant relaxation. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. What did you think? Well, you know, I'm doing it and I know that I'm, you know, I'm breathing in deep. I'm holding and I'm exhaling and holding with no oxygen. So I realized that there's some amount of like, you know, oxygen saturation or desaturation going on, or maybe not with that a little limited amount of time. But at one point I, I started to feel like just that euphoric, you know, like that lightness, um, spaciness. And I was like, it almost threw me off. Cause I was like, Oh, it's working already. And I almost laughed like, Oh man, I'm really feeling great. And so, uh, so that almost threw me off. Um, but I feel still right now, you know, Extra good. I I wanted to keep going. I was like, oh man, it's over. I just love this stuff so much because, um, you know, and for those of you that tried it and didn't really get much out of it, just keep trying uh, because I promise you, you'll get something out of it. And you're, you're able to, you know, I had a pretty stressful day. This is like the highlight of my day, being able to just chill out, do a little bit of breathing and just down activate right just deactivate relax and 
then, you know, tonight before I go to bed, I'm definitely going to do some more of these breathing exercises. And uh, it just makes everything easier. It really does. Yeah. I'm a, uh, I might try try again later too and do some breathing exercises to get my wife to do it and see how she feels because it's it feels silly that I don't do this all the time. Uh, it's so easy and there's so many resources out there. And then you do it one time, you're like, oh, it's really nice. I, I should probably do this again. And then hopefully I do and I don't go, ah, forget it. I'll just TikTok instead. I'll try to really do it yeah, tonight. Right. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll use you as like an accountability piece. So I'll text you tomorrow and let you know how it goes. Okay, awesome. And I appreciate hope- it. Yeah, for sure. And I hope everyone out there enjoyed that too and feels a little bit inspired to look up more of the breathing and exist tribe and check out your coaching and check out the yoga or the, the rest node. Is that what it's called now? The rest node? Yeah, the uh yeah, I almost caught you on that one, right? Uh the rest node is a I have one right here. Um I'm working on it uh with the software team. So this is the rest node. It has a amber light. Was tested in a laboratory, no blue light. Uh, this is a full spectrum light, and then this is the speaker. So it's it's kind of like a light and sound machine on steroids kind of thing. But we have an app. It's a whole platform, and it plugs you into all these guided meditation routines, uh, the sleep coaches, and so it's really a, a comprehensive platform that we've been working on for years. So, yeah, it's exciting to see that thing come to reality. Is there um, is there anything you want to say before we get going? No, uh, just that, you know, if you guys want more resources or if you want to join the next 62 Romeo cohort, uh, I think we're going to start that on March 21st or something like that. Just hit me up. You can go to robsweetmansleep.com and there's a form at the bottom. You just say, hey, here's my sleep and just send it to me. I'll get it uh, like a little notification on the email. And if you want to just talk about it, that's fine. If you want to actually join one of the programs, that's awesome too. Um, but that's it. I, I wish the best for, for everyone. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us today. That was a really great episode. I guess we'll see you next month with uh, another sleep talk, and we'll keep doing these. It's it's always a good time. I think people always really get a lot out of it, too. So with all that being said, thank you, everyone, for joining Rob and I today. And Rob, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to talking to all of you on Sunday night, back with a normal Scuttlebutt week, a normal scheduled show. And until then, for now... From Rob and I, that's the scuttlebutt.